Hi, and welcome to Baby Bliss Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Lizette. I'm a mom, nurse, and educator, and I'm here to break down the need to know and the want to know about pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum. As a disclaimer, I am not here to give medical advice. This is for educational purposes only. I encourage you to follow the advice of your physician or provider for any medical decisions related to your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum care. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Baby Bliss Pregnancy Podcast, the podcast where we explore the journey of pregnancy and motherhood. I'm your host, Lizette. Today, we're going to talk about a thing a lot of first-time moms want to know about. When do I need to go to the hospital? And if you caught the last episode, we talked about contractions. So we will be repeating a little bit of that information. However, as I recall, baby brain means it might already have been deleted from your brain. Gotta love that poor memory right now. So we will talk a little bit about contractions, but there are other reasons to go to the hospital or call your provider. Some of them are concerns or complications, but you always want to talk to your provider if you have any concerns and follow their instructions for what to do. I know for some patients when I cared for them, we would give them education and depending on the symptoms they were experiencing, they might just need to go to the office and others need to go straight to the hospital. So sending you to the hospital doesn't always mean that it's super serious, but just know that sometimes it means the office may be too busy to see you or your provider isn't in the office that day. Sometimes it's something they want you to be monitored for, and that's okay. Just follow that advice. I want to take a second now to validate that as a pregnant woman, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. I get you have a lot of questions. This is a great place to find some of those answers as well as from your provider. Who will have someone on call 24-7 or maybe even a patient portal that you could send a note in? I highly encourage you, if you're worried, go to the hospital. It'll put your mind at rest. You will be educated by the nurse about what to expect or what's going on. So it's better to be safe than to have a lot of questions and stress later on. So let's kick it off with the first thing, contractions. So again, if you listened to the last episode, then you know we talked about contractions, but let's revisit it a little bit. When do you go to the hospital? If your contractions are consistently five minutes apart or less, They last at least one minute each, and this has been going on consistently for an hour or more. That's a good indication that labor's progressing. For first-time moms, consider heading to the hospital when this pattern's going on. If contractions are five minutes apart one time, and then the next time it's 15 minutes, that doesn't meet the 511 rule. Again, five minutes apart or less, lasting one minute each, for a pattern going on for one hour or more. But if you are experiencing other symptoms or have a birth plan that indicates you want some specific pain management, then do what you need to based on your plan. But otherwise, for first-time moms, you may have contractions that are really irregular or not consistent or not as strong. And this is a time maybe to stay at home, have a shower, get yourself organized, pack the car, get the car seat in. That takes a little bit of time. Call whoever you need to, to let them know you're coming, family, friends, provider, and then go ahead and head to the hospital. Now, what if a pregnant woman's water breaks? So when the amniotic sac ruptures, which is what that water breaking is, there's sometimes a gush or sometimes a continuous little bit of leakage of amniotic fluid. It's definitely a clear sign that labor is possibly beginning. I will tell you, 
that there are definitely people that their water breaks and they never start contracting. So we have to help them out, which means going to the hospital. If you think your water's broken, you need to go ahead and head to the hospital. I will tell you that sometimes later in pregnancy, you may just simply have peed your pants. There is a baby bouncing on your bladder like it's a trampoline full time. I know, I know. You are doing bathroom breaks every two to three hours, day and night. So if you're unsure, change your panties or put on a pad and see what's happening. If you have any spotting, which is a small amount of blood or bloody mucus discharge, what we call bloody show, that's often a sign the cervix is making changes. Some women, when their water breaks, actually hear an audible pop. Others have this small trickle that continues despite changing their underwear. When you arrive at the hospital, it's important to tell them a couple of things. What time did your water break? You think, or about. What color was it? We would like it to be clear, but sometimes it's not. And was there any odor? So amniotic fluid really shouldn't have much of an odor, but if it smells really bad, we want to tell the nurses that too. The nurses have several ways to determine if it's urine, so if it was that baby jumping on that on that trampoline bladder, or amniotic fluid. And I want to stop and take a minute. You need to understand that your bladder sits right below and kind of in front of the uterus. So that's why every time as the baby's getting bigger and further along in pregnancy, you're having to go so much. Plus, we want you to stay hydrated, so you're drinking a lot of fluids. So again, don't feel bad if you get sent home being told that it was just urine. So once your water is confirmed as broken, then if you arrive at the hospital, you won't be going home. You will be going home only once to give birth. Infection rates increase once your water is broken. So the nurse will do a vaginal exam and either use pH paper, which helps us determine if it's urine, which is acidic, or alkaline, which is amniotic fluid. Or if when they do the exam, their hand fills with fluid, then they know. That's what we call ruptured. Um, so meaning your water broke. Also, they can put some on a microscope slide and see what it looks like because that can actually tell us. And then they can also perform an, um, a test called the amnesure to see if it's amniotic fluid. So yeah, your water can break without you being in labor. So it may happen by, for some women and have no contractions. But don't worry, we give you medication to cause contractions. And if your water isn't broken and it is urine, don't feel bad that you dragged your bags up there in your special pillow. Just know that it's better to be aware and to be certain of what it is. So let's talk about the next reason you need to go to the hospital, vaginal bleeding. That can be super alarming and especially for a first time mom. So when do you need to head to the hospital? When do you need to be concerned? Any amount of vaginal bleeding during pregnancy should be taken seriously. If there's bleeding, especially if it's accompanied by pain, it's crucial to go ahead and seek immediate attention to rule out any kind of complications. Now, let me add a caveat statement to that. Some women experience some pinkish discharge after sex during the second and third trimester. And you will notice in sex or maybe when you orgasm that you might feel crampy. That's normal also. Any painless, short-lived kind of pinkish or brown or light-colored spotting after sex is a normal response to the fact that your cervix, it has more capillaries, more blood flow, and it can get irritated during sex. Now, if it is bright red blood, like fresh blood, or the pink continues or gets worse, 
you need to contact your provider. Pain. Pain is part of the birthing process, but when is it the sign that you need to go to the hospital? If a first-time mom experiences persistent and severe abdominal pain that is not alleviated by rest or changes in position, it's a time to go ahead and call a provider or go to the hospital. If you are experiencing back pain or sciatic nerve pain, then try laying in various positions to alleviate the discomfort. And if that doesn't work, I actually highly recommend a chiropractor that works with adjusting pregnant women, as well as potentially a prenatal massage. It is important that both for the chiropractor and the masseuse, that they are trained in caring for pregnant women to help with the discomfort of nerve pain and the stretching that happens of the ligaments in the pelvis, because they could do more damage if they are not actually trained to help with pregnant women. And also there are acupressure and acupuncture spots that, and actually there are acupressure spots that can start labor. So you want to be careful and stay away from those, which is why you want to seek someone trained in caring for pregnant women. Next thing to talk about is what if there's changes in the baby movement or what we call fetal movement? When is it time for there to be a concern? So when we talk about fetal movement, it's important to note that this is really in the later second and third trimester. During the first trimester, you don't really feel the baby move. And it's not until around 16 to 20 weeks for most moms that they feel that butterfly flutter feeling and it happens really low in your belly. And this is what we call quickening, like fast, quick, quickening. This is the first time that you're feeling the baby move. And I know you're super excited and or unsure if what you just ate caused you to have a a GI upset. But after you feel the baby move and you start feeling that baby move every day, a decrease in fetal movement should never be ignored. And if you notice a change, you're the one that's the expert on when baby's moving a lot. It's important to call um, the hospital or call your provider and make sure everything's okay. But it is also important to understand something called kick counts. And this can be done beginning around 28 weeks. So really starting that third trimester. A kick count is literally just counting the kicks or fetal movements. So every time the baby moves, there are apps for this, but you can also just time it on your phone and mark the movements. You want at least 10 movements, which includes kicks or they are rolling around or flutter feelings in one hour. If you have that, it's considered normal. Fewer than that doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong as babies sleep for 20 to 30 minutes at a time. However, if you are unsure, lay down on your left side, drink something cold, or maybe have a little snack, or maybe even a little bit of juice, something with a little sugar in it, and lay down on your left side, place your hands on your belly, and count the movement. If you don't feel the number of movements in the first hour, try for a second hour and do all of those things or reposition and see what happens. If you don't feel 10 movements in two hours, call the doctor for sure. Next, let's talk about unusual swelling. Swelling can be a concern. And when should you be worried about it? Swelling is part of pregnancy, especially late pregnancy. I can't tell you how many women would arrive to the labor and delivery unit to give birth in the most forgiving shoes and or flip-flops despite the 40 degrees outside. And it's just normal to have some of that swelling or edema in your feet. 
Some experience swelling at the end of the day. Maybe you've been on your feet all day working. Like if you're a teacher and you're up walking around the whole time, then that's normal. However, sudden and severe swelling of your face or hands can be a sign of conditions like preeclampsia. And if a mom experiences unusual swelling, especially if it's sudden, it warrants really getting immediate attention. Preeclampsia is a diagnosis that's related to hypertension or high blood pressure, and it has other symptoms associated with it, but it's during pregnancy. And I'll do a whole different episode on preeclampsia because it is a commonly diagnosed concern, and it's really important to understand it because it does have higher instances of maternal morbidity and mortality. But speaking of preeclampsia, what about blood pressure? If you're monitoring your blood pressure and you observe that you are starting to have some elevated blood pressure readings, then you need to contact your provider. Make sure you are taking your blood pressure correctly. Make sure your legs aren't crossed, that you're following the directions on whatever blood pressure cuff that you have. And if you are logging them, is there a trend? Meaning, have they been increasing over time? Or did you just have this one blood pressure that was higher than the other? If so, then I want you to wait 10 minutes, do some deep breathing, calm yourself. That way, hopefully, when you retake it, you know it's accurate. Because sometimes it's positioning or stress, or sometimes it's something that you really need to call the provider about. So if you retake it and it's still elevated, call your provider. Let's talk about headaches and visual changes. So if you have persistent or severe headaches or visual disturbances or changes, these can also be symptoms of conditions like preeclampsia. And when I talk about visual changes, I'm talking about your vision's blurry, or you see spots or stars, or even like a tunneling of your vision. And when I'm talking about headaches, I'm talking severe headaches that they're not fixed with Tylenol, or they come back or don't go away with other remedies. If a mom experiences persistent headaches or any visual changes, you really need to contact your provider right away. Now let's talk about preterm labor. I know that's a worry for a lot of different women. Some women have a history of preterm labor and birth and some don't. Preterm labor means you're having symptoms of labor before 37 weeks gestation. Because at 37 weeks and beyond, it's considered a term pregnancy. So any signs of preterm labor, such as pelvic pressure, abdominal cramping, or lower back pain should prompt you to go ahead and visit the hospital. Preterm labor can often appear different from what you expect for traditional labor. Some women explain that they have a sudden change in a pelvic fullness, which I know sounds weird, but you'll know if you feel it, crampiness or back pain. And then there's others that say that they have contraction pain like normal. Other symptoms can include change in your vaginal discharge, could be leaking the fluid or bleeding or spotting, or if you experience abdominal cramps with or without diarrhea, that could be another sign you need to go ahead and call your provider. It's really important to do early intervention for preterm birth. And then last, infection. So signs or symptoms of infection include fever, chills, or a change in your vaginal discharge that could indicate infection. So what I mean is that your vaginal discharge has a change in consistency or color, or maybe there's a foul odor. If you suspect an infection, you need to go ahead and contact your provider or go to the hospital right away. So I know I talked about some scary stuff, some things that you maybe had questions about. I hope 
that I answered some of those questions for you, but I really want to thank you for joining me on baby bliss pregnancy podcast, where I hope that I'm helping to guide some of these first time moms or even second or third time moms with the crucial aspects of pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum. If you have any questions that I haven't answered or that you'd like me to do a podcast on, please email me at babyblisspodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us and recommend us on Facebook or Instagram. And finally, if you could just give me a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening, it really helps me to help promote the podcast and for other listeners to find us. And share the wealth. Let your friends and family know. Maybe tell your provider about the podcast so they can share it with their other patients. I would love to grow this sweet community of moms who want to be who want to be educated and more empowered for their motherhood journey. Thanks so much, guys, and I hope you have a great rest of your week.